Hey, Skiba News Nation family, thank you for watching. Please like, share, and subscribe. You can also help support this channel by getting yourself some Skiba News Nation merch. Also, we are proud to announce that we are now on Patreon, where you will get bonus content, shoutouts, and much more. Thank you again for watching and helping us stay on the quest for truth. Huge shout out to all our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for your support. We couldn't do this show without you. If you want to help support us, go to patreon.com forward slash Nation. We are also proud to announce that Skiba News Nation podcast is now available on podcast platforms. Welcome to Skiba News Nation, bringing you unfiltered views, news, interviews, discussions, and more. And now, here's your host, Jeremiah Skiba award-winning musician and son of Rob Skiba. Hey, Skiba News Nation family. Welcome to episode 12 of Skiba News Nation. I'm your host, Jeremiah Skiba, and today we have a great show for you. This week, we're going to be talking about executive at Twitter whistleblows and makes claims about Elon Musk's acquisition deal. Joe Rogan talks about TikTok terms of service. Tucker Carlson says things are unraveling. Nurse whistleblows about hospitals killing anti-hokey pokey patients. Fauci is leaving in December. Thank God. An all-new Opus Corner. And for history, we'll be talking about Jimi Hendrix being murdered and another funny George Carlin clip for you guys. Memes and much more. Now, without further ado, let me introduce my co-host, Jake Grant. How are you doing, Jake? Hey, Jeremiah. Doing great, man. Good to see you. Good to see you. What's going on? Oh, nothing much. We uh, did some yard work this week, got out in the nice uh, climate and, you know, cut some trees down. But uh, other than that, we got some interesting news stories for everyone today. All right, well, let's dive right in, man. All right. Okay, to kick us off, former Twitter executive blows whistle and makes an explosive claim central to the Musk acquisition deal. For those of you who weren't familiar, there's this whole big drama thing of Elon Musk seeking to buy Twitter out. Uh, people touted him as, like, this pioneer of freedom of speech and this you know person who is going to save all the conservatives who've been banned but guess what he backed out of the deal and uh, there's some interesting things that have come out about this because one of the reasons he was able to back out of the acquisition deal Twitter refused to hand over some sensitive information about their platform let's read this article a former executive at Twitter alleged that social media company had lackluster cybersecurity safeguards according to a whistleblower and Peter Mudge Zatko, the company's former head of security, reported directly to the CEO and claimed that leadership misled board members and government officials about potential vulnerabilities that left the platform open to hacking, foreign manipulation, and spying. He also claimed that one or more current employees are working for a foreign intelligence agency. All engineers had access. There was no logging of who went into what environment or what they did. And Zacco wrote, nobody knew where data lived or whether it was critical, and all engineers had some form of critical access to the production environment. 
this is significant because while there's big questions in the the security of the public square, right? Twitter and uh, websites like Reddit, uh, TikTok, these are now considered the public square because of such the reach that these platforms allow individuals. And so to the point that if somebody is uh, bumped off of one of these sites, it can really hurt their ability to communicate with the public at large. So that's why they did think like, that's why they kicked Trump off of Twitter. That's yeah. why they uh, ban people off of these major platforms. And so I, I want to look at just the security behind uh, these things, since there is a claim here being made that Twitter and the way that it's being used is not secure, according to the head of their security. Um, but in relation to that, this video that was posted of Joe Rogan reviewing the terms and service of TikTok are really interesting. And, and just what are we opening ourselves up to regarding the digital world? And then we're going to watch a, a short video from Dabu777, who talks about the coming uh, central bank digital currency and how your information will be used to allow or deny your financial transactions. So let's check out this video uh, of Joe Rogan reviewing TikTok's terms of service. The Joe Rogan experience. Oh my God, I read TikTok's terms of service. Uh, I went down a TikTok rabbit hole yesterday. Yeah, it's good. I stayed home, smoked a little weed, and I started reading up on TikTok. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm gonna read you this, because this is so crazy. Is it good or bad? Bad. It's, so what are you saying, it's a bad place to be? <clears throat> Listen to this. This is uh, from TikTok's privacy policy. All right. It said, uh, we collect certain information about the device you use to access the platform, mm -hmm. such as your IP address, um, user region. Uh, this, is, this is really crazy. Uh, user agent, mobile carrier, time zone settings, I identifiers for advertising purpose, model of your device, the device system, network type, device IDs, your screen resolution and operating system, app and file names and types. So all your apps and all your file names, all the things you have filed away on your phone, really? they have access to that. File names and types. Keystroke patterns or rhythms. So they're monitoring your keystrokes, which means they know every thing you type wow battery state uh audio settings and connected audio devices where you log in from multiple devices oh. we will be able to use your profile information to identify your activity across devices we may also associate you mm. with information collected from devices other than those you you use to log into the platform meaning they can use other computers that you're not even using to log into TikTok, they can suck the data off that. That's what you're agreeing to when you download and start using TikTok. Do you That's wild. It's insane. My question would be, do you think they did that? They created TikTok just on purpose to have all that? A hundred percent. Wow. I think they saw that people are addicted to social media and they came up with the most addictive version of social media, which is TikTok. It's the most addictive by far. It's the yeah. best for sucking people in. My, my kids are hook, line, sinkered on that. And I know a lot of other people are hook, line, sinkered to grown people. It's good. It's good. And it starts playing things immediately. The moment you turn it on, it's like playing you a new thing, playing right. you a new thing. You're like, Aah! and you just sucked into it. And all the while, it's monitoring your keystrokes. Oh! 
your audio settings. But by audio settings, that means it has access to your microphone. That means it's listening to you, right? Just tell me how it right ends, now, man. It ends with China having all of your data, and if they develop, if a, they get a all the data, then currency, what? then what? Well, you're. Or, because if they look, what's going on in China? Fuck, I don't know if you've man. seen this, but they they pulled tanks in front of banks to stop people from fucking rioting because they just took all their money. Did you see all that? Mm -mm. They have uh, shut down people's accounts, and they're doing a, a social credit score system in China, okay. and they have digital currency. Video, Video of, of tanks shows Chinese military exercise, not bank barricade. Yeah, according to China and the AP. But if you see what, what's going on over there with the digital currency, what they have is the ability to tell you you can't buy gas. Like, hey, Theo, we don't like the way you're living your life, so you're not going to be able to buy a plane ticket. China's a dump, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's cool people, and I like some of the food, but I think, the pl I think it just... I don't know. I don't like the way they're doing it all. What any military exercise they're doing, they're putting tanks in front of a bank, is intimidation at the very least. Do you think the people Scaring there people even the know least. what freedom is anymore? Or you think they're just so brainwashed? They've never had freedom like we have, so no. I mean, they weren't even capitalists for a long time, right? It was a communist country, and then they realized, you know what? In order to compete, we got to loosen this up a little bit and let some people get greedy and make a shit of money. And that's what they did. They, they kind of have a hybrid of capitalism and communism, you know, because in the old days, it was like the government would tell you what you do. Okay. The government would tell you what you get paid. All right. And you just did what you had to do. You did what you were told. Right. But what they do now is they allow people to get extraordinarily wealthy. So some people, they develop industries, they develop businesses, and they work in conjunction with the government. Like every business that exists in China, say it's a tech business. Mm -hmm. You are an arm of the government. You you don't you're not independent from the government. So that's spying. So they're spying 100%, basically. A hundred percent. All right. So the significance of that is all of these media platforms, Twitter, uh, and the information that they're releasing about their users. Uh, we have TikTok, and of course that breakdown of Joe Rogan talking about the terms of service with TikTok. Talking to Theo how... Vaughn, who's probably one of the Theo greatest Vaughn. comedians ever. Uh, living comedians <laughs> uh, with the the two topics kind of merged into one the social credit score of china is um how this could be applied into a uh, world central bank currency or a mark of the beast in terms of the biblical sense so we have another video um that i've sent opa it's um titled get ready for the beast system Cash to be removed and new CBDC currency can be shut off by the government. Uh, so, Opa, if you could play that video by Dabu777. Or 77. It was five years ago. I put out the first warning about this beast blockchain system. And I wonder now, like I wondered then, how many people will get their house in order, will prepare for such an event. Well, now we're closer than ever to that actually being implemented. And I think also along with that, we're going to see a few things connected to precious metals in the metals markets. And you're going to see cash gone. No more hiding money under your mattress. Burying it. Putting it in a safe. None of that. No more... Stopping and buying something privately 
at the lemonade stand, at the flea market, at the yard sale, any of it. Every single transaction that you make is about to be tracked and traced by programmable money. This is the major difference. This isn't just gonna be an exchange for fiat cash to get a digital dollar. It's gonna be way different, as I said, traceable, trackable, and they can shut it off whenever they want. So if you get out of line, just like they do over in China, they can flip the switch and they can stop you from even leaving the house. You don't have a green light on your phone. If you get a red light, you're shut down. You already know about the credit score system or the score system over there in China. They're gonna roll out the same thing here. It's actually a plan of the World Economic Forum to tie all these things in together and to tie it into a score that's associated with your carbon footprint. And everything that you buy and every move that you make will calculate a score on how much carbon you are producing or emitting. And when you hit a certain level, they're gonna shut you off. And this is what's coming. All right, so this is in relation, of course, to what we saw in the Joe Rogan interview there. Uh, it's related to the security of Twitter, the security of platforms like TikTok. All of this information is being used to track your digital identity, uh, the things you're doing, the things you're posting. So social credit score comes into play with this information because when it comes out that um, we are giving our rights away for them to monitor us, then it allows them to sign us up for these social credit programs uh, that like China has without us really knowing about it. So whenever they roll out a central bank digital currency, they'll already have uh, kind of a, a place to place you. Uh, they'll already have the list to stick your name on because they'll know your activity. They'll know your you know political leanings. They'll know your religious leanings. They'll know your purchasing uh, habits. Um, so my question to you, Jeremiah, is, if Dabu77 is correct and soon they're going to remove our ability to buy things with cash money, uh, here's a fun question is what would you barter if you had to? Like if, if you had to go get lemonade at the lemonade stand, what would you – what would – that you have access to now or that you would have easy access to, would you trade – you know, baseball cards, or would you trade, you know, probably, liquor? Probably my uh, memorabilia. Yeah, I have a lot of memorabilia. That'd be my first thing. Well, some of it I can't part with, though. You know, maybe maybe my hat collection, and then my memorabilia, and then maybe some of my hair. <laughs> I don't know how much that's worth, but yeah, I mean, that's something we have to start, you know, thinking of. Is in a world where there's a set system that is pretty much looks like the mark of the beast, one world government, one world currency, we have to start thinking of these questions and asking ourselves, what would I barter if I was stuck in that corner? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. All right, so uh, we're gonna move on to this next video. Uh, it's the Tucker Carlson video. We're just gonna watch the first five or six minutes of it or so, but he talks about how there's some clear indications that our society's unraveling 
which is all the more reason these systems will be moved into place. I love Tucker. Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. Turns out the symptoms of societal decay are universal. They're not unique to a specific society. You recognize them in any country at any time, now or a thousand years ago. Always the same. The men become weak, the leaders get decadent, law enforcement gets politicized, the currency gets devalued, and then things begin to come apart. Pretty soon, doesn't take long, the society can no longer perform its most basic function. The reason we have societies in the first place, which is to protect the weak from the strong. That's why you have a society. Well, in places like this, it becomes, among many other things, very hard to travel anywhere. You just can't go where you want to go. With legitimate authority in retreat, roads are not controlled by the police, they're controlled by armed predators. And the armed predators take exactly what they want from travelers because they can. This is an ancient problem. It used to be called highway robbery. And for most of history, it kept people very close to home. Turns out it still exists, but now it's called carjacking. Carjacking is the clearest possible sign that your civilization is falling apart. And that's why you find it in places like Somalia and South Africa, places where force, violence, and clan loyalty have replaced law and order, places where might makes right. In the city of Johannesburg, for example, a vehicle is hijacked on average once every hour of the day. Now, once that happens, there's really no coming back from it. Nobody's going to build anything in a city with endemic carjacking. In fact, most normal people will leave as fast as they can, as they have in Johannesburg, as they are starting to do, we are sad to tell you, in the city of New Orleans, where carjacking is now a permanent feature of life. Last summer, a law student called Madison Bergeron pulled into the driveway of her home in New Orleans. As she gathered belongings in the car, a young man appeared out of nowhere stuck a gun in her face and demanded that she hand over everything she had, including the car. He screamed at her. Terrified, she complied. And that's what carjacking is always like. It is an act of violence. People don't want to give up their cars. They have to be terrified into doing so. That's why the majority of victims are women, old women, young women. And that's why the people who do it will do anything. If you will carjack, if you will steal someone's car at gunpoint, you will also rape. You will also murder. You have no limits. You are willing to violate on the most basic level the civil rights of another person. And in this case, right. that was certainly true because that same perpetrator went on after terrifying Madison Bergeron and stealing her, her car to do the same to other women in the city. All right. So the point here is that based on the Hegelian dialectic, as financial turmoil societal turmoil, political turmoil come into an area through the problem, the solution is then offered. And who caused the problem in the first place begs the question, right? But then mm -hmm. what is the solution? It is everybody coming into a, a unified system of financial security. Uh, if people are getting robbed, it's dangerous now to have cash on you, things like that. And so that's where all of this conspiracy, quote unquote, comes together. <laughs> and of course, we know conspiracy is simply the term referring to many people working together for a common cause that is hidden from the, the, day, from the public, right? So right. that they can't be wise to it. Um, but if, of course, with this topic, Tucker Carlson, of course, he, he really explained how the clear indications of society collapsing 
uh, start with the the men become effeminized, they are weak, they don't stand up for things, people become uh, sexually perverse, uh, their traditional values, morality is totally degraded. And, and what people have to understand is that a God-fearing, uh, law-of-God-obedient group of people need very little government. And, and that's why our founding fathers were such pioneers. They were able to start a great nation um, based, for the most part, on very biblical morality. Um, and so whenever we see our morality of, as a society degrade, what does that equal? Some people think it, it, lends, it leads to chaos, it leads to anarchy, but the truth is governments are for the lawless. Governments are put in place by scared people to protect them during a society where there's no morality. So when we see the lawlessness of people increase, we see the, the answer to that, the Hegelian dialectic answer is increased governance increased totalitarian overreach increased intrusion into your liberties your rights and that's where we we see the the antichrist beast system the 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 controlling uh, entity of the new world order wants to fill that role and that's why they push the degradation of morality that's why they push the hollywood agendas that's why they push the over sexualization of, of of children and the perverse mm -hmm. twisting of traditional values because when we degrade ourselves through our sins that gives them the golden ticket to step in and then become our leaders to become our rulers and uh, it's because unfortunately a society that's lawless needs that because otherwise it does descend into anarchy and chaos because nobody has values and morals anymore hopefully that makes sense what what are your thoughts on that whole breakdown there jeremiah man i i think you you pretty much got it down i mean i, I saw that clip this morning and i was like wow like i, I was i was speechless i mean they they, they give all these uh they give the rights to the criminals and not to the people that are law-abiding and i think the only positive thing about this everything that's going on is it's hopefully going to ban us all together like we're all going to come together fighting for our freedom here in america do you agree with that yeah i think um if not on a state level definitely on a community level uh we see that the united states of america was named that because it it was these groups of communities that banded together and then labeled themselves as states and each state has its own autonomy separate from the federal government and of course the democratic uh agenda is to shoo away small government and to build and bolster up large government federal government mm -hmm. um and the co more conservative view is that we need less of big fed and more in terms of local uh, corporate government governance you know people should be private entities that are able to have enterprise and able to engage in a capitalist system uh, without the overreach of the fed and these are the two opposing systems um, but 100 percent as society degrades small community is going to be really how i think most people will be able to survive or will not be able to survive because if we don't have good nuclear groups then as things get crazy 
you're going to be just like an isolated family in a, in a, in a city full of raiders and people that are bucking the system. And conversely, if you're just a small group, um, whenever government overreach comes, then the less people that stand up, the more likely they are to bulldoze right over you. And so mm. building up our communities, building up those numbers of people that are all of like mind and all are willing to support and communicate with each other uh, for the betterment of our society, for um, growing infrastructure, building something better, replacing these systems and these corporations that are pushing the degraded values and all these agendas and these poisons. If we just build our own alternative, then that's to me the answer. And uh, man, so that, anyways, all of this is connected. The mm -hmm. de degradation falling apart of society, the central bank digital currency, the tracking through our social media, all of this is, is significant. And I, I believe the reason this is all coming to pass is um, there's a passing of the guard politically. I don't know if you're aware of this, but check this out. After 55 years, January 20th, 2023, will mark the first time since 1967 that no member of the Cheney, Clinton, McCain, or Bush <laughs> family will hold elected or appointed office in the federal government of the United States. That's a time for celebration, uh, man. See, the, the, but this is the question is, are they passing the baton off so mm. that when everything collapses that they can say, look, we were the ones that kept it afloat. We were the ones that were doing doing it right. And then look at the, the next uh, iteration of government. Um, they're failing so badly, we need to bring in the, uh, the backup, which is the NWO, which is the globalism, which is the EU and all this garbage of, of climate tax and the Green Deal and all this stuff. Um, it, there is a passing of the guard coming up politically, and I wonder if this will signal a transition in the state of our nation, whether it's from relative stability to chaos and, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Here's, uh, however, what our our current government is giving us, of course, <laughs> that Biden just, you know, we covered this last week, the 87,000 new IRS agents. And uh, if you're not familiar with the people in this picture, um, this is a fantastic analogy of what's happening to the American taxpayer. Uh, we have here Prince Andrew and a young woman who claimed that she was abused by Prince Andrew on Jeffrey Epstein's island. And of course we have the, the one who ushered her right to him the Grizzlane Maxwell over here labeled Inflation Reduction Act. And the funny analogy here is that uh, Prince Andrew does not claim, he's like, look, I, I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't touch the young lady. I, I'm totally a good guy. Have you ever seen his interview? It is so bad. Yeah. It is so bad. He's like, I, I don't, I, I can't even sweat. And she said, I sweat and all this stupid stuff. And it's like, you look guilty, man. You look beyond guilty i mean there's the photo evidence and he was like nope must have been photoshopped yeah. it's crazy he i never met this girl but and yet he's been disowned by the royal family and, and yeah. whatnot and of course it's all a public kind of persona preservation mm -hmm. um the thing with this is is that 
the IRS and this analogy that's being made is they're about to screw the American people mm-hmm. because instead of bolstering our economy, instead of helping small businesses, now the IRS is going to be rifling through every single penny and receipt and coming after you. And of course, this is even connected to what we talked about moments ago, which is the central bank digital currency and the tracking of all financial transactions once this system is implemented. Uh, So what form do I have to fill out to get my taxes back on all the equipment we left in Afghanistan? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, and yet we're sending $3 billion, a new new act signed by Biden, sending $3 billion more dollars to Ukraine to fight a yep. cold war with Russia, um, uh, leaving billions, millions of dollars in uh, our withdrawal from the Middle East. And then instead of any answer to those big checks, they, they fund thousands of IRS agents to come after the everyday people. And, mm-hmm. uh, and we'll see how that turns out. So um, tonight on Unsolved Mysteries, we investigate how I got a 30-day ban for posting something on Facebook that I found on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> so, man, we're constantly fighting the censorship with the topics we talk about. And uh, as we move on to this uh, next uh, few topics, we're going to have to be very careful. Um, but the thing is, is it's current news. And they're being posted and reported on mainstream news sites, but the terminology and things we use, we have to be careful with. And this post is just a reminder that, man, Mm -hmm. they are here to sequester information so much. Uh, So just real quickly, uh, we're going to look at this. Saudi Arabia uh, recently hints OPEC may cut oil production to ease growing dysfunction in global energy markets. Um, So OPEC could cut out oil outputs as increased volatility and low liquidity rattle global energy markets. Um, In responses to questions from Bloomberg, he warned that the trends are undermining the market's price functions, making the cost of hedging and managing risk prohibitive. Ben Salman added that the lack of liquidity is giving the market a false sense of security and leaving it market more disconnected from fundamentals. What he's saying here is that uh, because of the lack of liquidity, or people, you know, with money to spend on things, it's giving the market a false sense of security. So this is another mm-hmm. warning sign of financial collapse worldwide. This particularly tied to the energy market, um, and uh, and so just uh, wanted to keep you guys updated on some of the the oil, gas, price, energy topic uh, news. This article talks uh, uh, is a nurse speaks out uh, about a U.S. hospital deliberately terminated the vent of a certain patient. And you, you can read these big blue letters, uh, but there's some interesting things regarding protocol that I wanted you guys mm-hmm. to hear in this video. Um, so, Opa, if you wanted to go ahead and play this. Protocol is a carefully crafted plan. It contains references and steps on how to follow through a medical procedure. Here's how a protocol looks like. Hospitals, doctors, and nurses rely on these protocols to minimize any chance of error. The information is always reviewed and updated because they are not perfect. When a new protocol is being developed, it needs to go through testing and be validated. And that was the problem during the pandemic. 
New protocols were established too fast, and the nurses we talk to say some of the COVID-19 protocols are killing patients. The worst part is a lot of healthcare professionals are turning a blind eye. The significance of this is that protocols and the medical system uh, can't always be trusted. And when things are rushed through, such as things that have been rushed through in the past two years, people die. And we've had very close people to, to both of us uh, pass away because of these systems in place in the hospital. And, and of course, this article is talking about how a protocol um, caused uh, the minimization of any chance of error is the, the goal. However, when a protocol is new, and it needs to go through testing and be validated. And that was the problem during the last two years is new protocols were established too fast and nurses were talked, uh, uh, nurses were pretty much uh, lulled into a sense of well-doing while doing harm and administering harm. And I know there's a, a particular um, therapeutic that was uh, given um, starting with the letter R and ending with Veer uh, that caused uh, very adverse effects and it was the one uh, administrable uh, treatment during the past two years and it was part of the protocol and unfortunately it shut down a, a bunch of people's organs and, uh, and caused uh, them to not make it. And so whenever we talk about this, when you try to pronounce the name of your prescriptions, but accidentally summon Satan instead. <laughs> so, you know, the, the name of our drugs are, are these conglomeration of chemical uh, things, which is the definition of, of pharmacology or, or witchcraft in the Bible. And these things are um, designer molecules and chemicals that are cooked up in a laboratory. We don't know their far extent of their effect on the human body. Well, they're treating people like lab rats. They're treating people like lab rats. And when a doctor turns a blind eye, that is homicide. I'll just, yeah. I, there's not a whole lot I can say, but it, everything that they did killed people. Homicide. Like, it, it, that's crazy that they can use the word protocol when it really means homicide. It really means uh, you're, you're negligent. You, you don't care about the people that, that you took an oath to save their lives. People go to the hospital to what? Have their lives saved. To, to you know, stay alive when protocols are killing people. I don't know how much of that I can keep in there, but that topic just makes me so angry because of my personal situation with it. And that's, yeah. that's all I can say about that, but. Yeah, and it reminds me a lot of kind of like Nazi Germany, right? Where they said, oh, we're just following orders. We're following orders. And then the atrocities that are committed by those following their superiors is not justified. They were still put through the Nuremberg trials as well. Well, and, and Fauci just... needs to be Nuremberg trialed too. I believe he did so many crimes against humanity. It drives me crazy. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to share a little bit about Fauci here in a second because there's some current news about him. Uh, but the, I mean, the significance is, it's funny how all the miracles occur in the hospitals and not very many, many miracles occur in these church buildings, right? Well, it's because people put their faith in this system at the top and they've removed their faith in the system at the bottom. And I'm not saying 
we should put our faith in the the brick and mortar or the the organizational institution of the the modern church of course there's a bunch of issues with that as well uh but the 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 thing i'm trying to relay here is that for one uh what if i told you nutrition prevents sickness better than pharma right and mm-hmm. this is the kind of stuff that they don't want people sharing did you know nutrition is not taught going through the medical school to an extent that will actually help people's lives. Instead of treating the the cause, they treat the symptoms because of this, money. right? Money. The, the it's all about money. Money is the root of all evil. And so we're going to go to some current news uh, regarding a well-known figurehead for the past two or three years. Um, and it's... The, de- the devil himself. Yeah. <laughs> Fauci to step down in December after decades of public service. Now, I want you to see this article and how much they just kind of lift him up as this pillar of well-doing that saved so many lives. Dr. Anthony Fauci, who played a critical role in steering humanity through two pandemics of our time, AIDS and COVID, announced Monday he is stepping down from his role in federal government. As of December, he will leave the position... He's held for 38 years as the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease, as well as his job as chief of the NAID Laboratory of Immunoregulation and his role as chief medical advisor to President Biden. Um, He served under seven U.S. presidents and helped lead the country through numerous health crises. He was instrumental in combating the AIDS epidemic, starting as a youthful director in the early 1980s, he also took center stage and politically fraught response to the nation's COVID re- epidemic. Mm-hmm. So we can see here, Biden is hailing him as a dedicated public servant. Um, but I want to read an open letter that actually, because we can't talk too much about what's happened the past two years and the massive experiment on mankind that's been rolled out that gets us banned if we even mention the word that is associated with it. Um, I'm just going to read this interesting open letter that is a archived document from 1988. An open letter to Dr. Anthony Fauci. You are responsible for all government-funded AIDS treatment research. In the name of right, you make decisions that cost the lives of others. I call the decision you are making acts of murder. Mm-hmm. Now, I want you guys to apply what's being referred to here in the 1980s and how he dealt with the AIDS epidemic with what happened over the past two years uh, because the same unfortunate uh, agenda is being pushed which is uh, you know a love of this which is a love of this which is a trust of men in white lab coats uh, opposed to true actual uh, repeatable provable testable science um, the push of pharmacia. Um, anyways, I'm getting carried on here, but Anthony Fauci and should not be a guest of honor at any event that reflects on the past decade of the AIDS crisis. Your refusal to hear the screams of AIDS activists early in the crisis resulted in the deaths of thousands of queers. Your present inaction is, is causing today's increased HIV infection outside of the queer community. We are outraged that Project Inform, an organization that supposedly works on our behalf of the infected community, would insult us by bringing you to our city. You can't hide the fact that you are nothing but a despicable 
Reagan era holdover and drug company mouthpiece. Drug company mouthpiece. Yep. With 270,000 dead from AIDS and millions more infected with HIV, you should not be honored at dinner. You should be put before a firing squad. Mm-hmm. Clinical trials. Government sanctioned master of PWAs. Anthony Fauci, you are because you oversee government-sponsored clinical trials that test and retest combinations of immunosuppressive toxic therapies that kill people with HIV. The majority of U.S. clinical trials involved worthless antivirals like AZT combined with other drugs generally involve another toxic antiviral. And what these tests have proven is that you're not able to piss away billions of dollars testing dangerous compounds that do nothing to improve the quality of life to stop opportunist infections or extend survival of people with HIV. AZT, 3TC, DDL, DDC, DV, D4T, and the current crop of protease inhibitors are nothing but poison. Ten years of the plague has shown us that trying to kill the virus kills people with AIDS, and you, Dr. Fauci, know it. And so, I'm going to stop reading through here, but um, th- this thing is really interesting because it it highlights the same agenda that was pushed these past two years with another epidemic. Uh, with the same agenda that was imp- applied to the AIDS and queer community back in what tw- uh, tw- 1980s, right? And so it's very interesting that the prescription to treat and help AIDS patients actually ended up killing them back in the 80s. And then we're seeing uh, once again the Hegelian dialectic coming about here in the past two, three years. Of, oh, problem arises, we'll give you the solution. But guess what? If that solution causes a problem that causes you to become a lifelong patient, well, I guess that's just what you are now, right? Oh, man, it's it's so infuriating. And, and this is the man that's stepping down. This is the man that served uh, how many? Seven U.S. presidents. Well, they make him out and, to be a hero, and that's sick. That is so sick. Yeah. And, and of course... Man, they have so indoctrinated. I remember when he was really front and center uh, the past two years. You know, somebody came out with a song, uh, like, like putting Dr. Fauci's name in, uh, uh, like Christmas songs, and like they're just like really making him out to be. They had like Fauci pillows and bobbleheads and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, and 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 what it was was. He was getting a big check from Big Pharma, and he helped push an agenda that unfortunately allowed the largest experiment on mankind to be conducted, and we don't know how far-reaching the implications of these things that have been put into our body will have on our children, on our genetics, on our our health as a whole. Uh, We see an uptick on heart disease, sudden adult death syndrome. We see an uptick on uh, outbreaks of, of things like the the pox, right? That's on mm-hmm. the news. Well, I don't know. It, it's you know, could it be related to the previous administration of certain chemicals, right? People that have gone through the schooling system of the medical industry, doctors are so hyper focused on their field of expertise that they don't realize the agendas that are right but right here 
but outside of their field of view. And it, sometimes I wonder if Fauci is just another one of these um, totally beholden people to the pharmaceutical companies because he he's rejected a, a faith in, in God. And so they then elevate man's intellect to the level of God to where the creation of chemicals has to be the only solution. And they neglect nutrition they neglect healthy living what what a controversial topic uh we'll have to edit this heavily but here's a uh, something recently that uh, i think is significant that we need to be aware of is um while our society is being lulled into uh an effeminate kind of matriarchal system uh, while we're being told to sterilize ourselves, while we're being coerced into um, sodomy pretty much by our media. Uh, this is what Russia is doing. Russia is offering a hero's medal to 16, uh, of, and $16,800 to women who have 10 kids or more. <laughs> um, so while our society is saying don't have children, stay sterile, be queer, uh, we have Russia offering medals to people who have lots of kids, right? And this is in contrast to, of course, the agenda <laughs> that is being pushed by Disney, right? I, I took that. Picture. I took that photo at my doctor's office. Yep, yep. Th yep. This is a, a, a magazine that demonstrates that Disney's not here for your children; they're here for your children. Uh, wait. <laughs> um, Disney's coming for your children so watch out and uh, and this is what they are uplifting in the media I really like sports in the color blue alright let's schedule the surgery right it, that's all it takes for, for somebody to uh, join into the group think of what's being pushed as a majority which is actually a super minority um, but because they're a very vocal minority this is what's being pushed in our schools, in our media, in our shows. And uh, and it's not just Disney that's pushing gay stuff, if you know what I mean. Check this out. Mm -hmm. NASA will probe Uranus. NASA to send probe inside Uranus to learn more about mysterious planet. <laughs> they're, they're making fun of us, guys. They're, I mean, it's not just the media that we give our children it's the media that we give our adults too they're they're all pushing fantasy and and of course with your dad's work there's so much of this that it's just like oh you got to be kidding me um and and so please have faith in my cgi and wild assumptions but the same faith that somebody's willing to put in to these priests of scientism they are also likewise putting into the scientism of the medical industry and the pharmacia, the, the big pharma agendas, the leprechaun who just holds out the contract and says, hey, if you'll just take my pill, you'll have all these side effects, but I'll give you a golden nugget. You know, like, I mean, it's, it's parallel, a lot of these things. And once you see through one, if you apply the same dynamic to your uh, – inspection of other topics you'll realize that there's just nonsense and deception all over the place and uh, man it's uh you know this is what the evolution of war is the evolution of war went th from a rock 
to like an arrow to a bullet to a missile to a you know what and it's uh it's it's you know it, it sometimes can be overwhelming and topic that is so interconnected you don't really know where to start because you step on one landmine and they shut your stream down they they censor you or you offend the person you're talking to because they've been pre-programmed by the media to react in a negative way instead of having an open mind and that's what this show's all about man is seeking the truth trying to speak the truth even though it's super hard to to skirt around all the algorithms and to have something on a public forum like YouTube without getting totally booted right away, right? Yeah. Uh, it, it sometimes can be overwhelming, but that's what we're trying to do is we're trying to continue on preaching the message of truth and, and hope, not just truth, which can be kind of depressing sometimes, but hope as well and, mm. and leveling up as mankind. So that is... Um, all of my news today. Thank you for your time, Jeremiah. Thank you for bearing with me as I went through those stories. Thank you for the current news. Did you want to get into the uh, YouTube thing before we leave current history? Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, so um, there is something interesting, guys, that Jeremiah has to share with us. This is Skiba News Nation with... exclusive. Exclusive. That I, I've just bumped into on accident. And so, it goes along with all the agenda pushing I was talking about, too. So this will be really interesting, guys. All right. You want to roll that clip? So this is me wanting to type the American flag on a live chat. This is American flag. Do you see an American flag there? Pirate flag, rainbow flag, checkered flag. Weird, right? And I don't know if you noticed, but right next to the pirate flag, there was a very interesting flag that maybe not a lot of people have seen. And uh, let me just bring up that picture. This is from the Gay Star News. It says, no, this isn't a pride flag. It represents... I don't know if we can say that. Maybe chomo is a better word. And then the second picture... PSA to minors, if you see this pride flag anywhere, be warned. This flag is for MAPS, which stands for Minors Attracted Persons. This flag is for CHOMOs. And that was wow. the flag right next to the pirate flag. It was during a live chat in the last episode when I was communicating. Somebody said something about America and I was trying to post the American flag. You could do it on your phone. The, the iPhone emojis has it, but the YouTube one does not have an American flag. So what are they saying? Yeah, Do they hate that's, America? That's really interesting. I, I mean, maybe maybe it's because it's not the United States flag. They're just like, oh, America is just a place. But it, why is it that all those other flags show up when you type the American flag? And I mean, it makes me wonder, like places like Russia, you can type Russian flag and that'll come up. And mm -hmm. Russia is a and Ukraine. location and and Ukraine but America while America might not be the United States only it uh, it makes sense that the Ameri the U United States flag would show up there but then instead they're showing the the chomo flag and they're showing the like man this is just like crazy that that's what YouTube offers you when you type that in I know I was so mind blown and so I had to look it up and double check and that's what I found for you guys. So, all right, Jake, thanks for the current news, and uh, let's get right into an Opus Corner. My 
gut, der hat drei Ecken. Drei Ecken hat mein Hut. Und hat er mir nicht drei Ecken, dann ist es nicht mein Hut. Welcome to another episode of Opa's Corner. Let's start with a story. A woman brings a very limp duck into a veterinary surgeon. As she lays her beloved pet duck on the table, the vet puts his stethoscope to the bird's chest and listens carefully. A moment later, the vet shakes his head and says sadly, I'm really sorry, ma'am, but your duck cuddles has passed away. The woman becomes quite distressed and begins to cry. Are you sure? She says with tears flooding from her eyes. Yes, ma'am, I'm sure, the vet responds. Your duck is definitely dead. But how can you be so sure? The woman protests. I mean, you haven't done any testing on him or anything, have you? Perhaps he's just stunned or in a coma or something. The vet rolls his eyes then turns around and leaves the room. A few minutes later, he returns with a black Labrador retriever. As the duck's owner looks on in amazement, the Labrador stands on his hind legs, puts his front paws on the examination table, and sniffs around the duck from top to bottom. He then looks up at the vet with sad eyes and shakes his head. The vet pats the dog on the head and takes it out of the room. A few minutes later, the vet mm. returns with a cat. The cat jumps on the table and delicately sniffs at the bird from its head to its feet. After a moment, the cat looks up, shakes its head, meows softly, and strolls out of the room. The vet looks at the woman and says, Look, ma'am, I'm really sorry, but as I said before, this is most definitely a duck that is no longer of this world. Your duck is dead. The vet then turns to his computer terminal, hits a few keys, and produces a bill which he hands to the woman. The duck's owner, still in shock, looks at the bill and sees it's $150. A hundred and fifty dollars to tell me my duck is dead, she shrieks. The vet shrugs his shoulders and says, I'm sorry, ma'am. If you'd taken my word for it, the bill would have been twenty dollars. However, with a lab report and the cat scan, it's now a hundred and fifty dollars. Jack is a cowboy working on a large ranch in a remote pasture in Wyoming. One day, as he's overseeing the livestock on the ranch, a brand new 7 Series BMW suddenly advances toward him, creating an enormous cloud of dust in the process. The car stops, and the driver is a young man in a Brioni suit Gucci shoes, Ray-Ban sunglasses, 
in a YSL tie. He steps out of the car and says to the cowboy, If I tell you exactly how many cows and calves you have in your herd, will you give me a calf? Jack looks at the man, who's obviously a yuppie. He then looks at his peacefully grazing animals and responds calmly, Sure, why not? The yuppie then whips out a very impressive iPhone Pro smartphone from his jacket pocket and begins to surf the NASA website. Simultaneously, he uses the GPS satellite to get the exact coordinates of his location. He then feeds that back to Google Earth to capture a high-resolution image of this location. The young man then opens the digital image in Photoshop and exports it to an image processing facility in Langley, Virginia. Within seconds, he receives an email to his iPhone Pro to confirm that the image has been processed and the data captured and stored. He then accesses a Microsoft SQL database through an ODBC connected Excel spreadsheet and after a few minutes he receives a response. And finally he uses an AirPrint printer in his car to print a full color 150 page report. He then turns back to Jack and hands him the report and says, Sir, you'll see from the executive summary that you have exactly 1,585 cows and calves. That's right, says Jack. I guess you could take one of my calves. Jack then watches with amusement as the young man struggles to get the animal into the trunk of his car. After a minute or two, Jack says to the guy, Hey, if I can tell you exactly what your business is, will you give me my calf back? The young man thinks for a second and then says, Sure, why not? You're a congressman for the U.S. government, Jack says. Wow, that's correct, says the yuppie. But how did you guess that? No guessing required, son. Jack responded. You showed up here even though nobody called you. You wanted me to pay for an answer I already know to a question I never asked. You used millions of dollars worth of equipment trying to show me how smart you are and you don't even know a thing about how ordinary working people make a living or about cows for that matter. If you did, you know that this herd is actually a flock of sheep. Now give me back my dog. And now for the funnies. And now for this week's funnies. Yes, it's plugged in. Now what? Here comes a big gust. No, wait, fade it out. Just a breeze. But whoo boy, are those trees wrestling way over there. 
Well, I got good news and I've got bad news. Man, I hate it when the clocks change. There is no I in Jesus, but there is in us. We don't want to release him, but he has this card. Our suspicions finally confirmed. Okay, you guys, you know the drill. Our customers finally know where to find everything. Tonight, we mix it all up again. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> well, I seen all the commotion with that there monsters destroying half the city and whatnot. And I says to myself, hell, why don't someone just shoot the varmint? Testing whether or not rhinos land on their feet. Young Stephen King. So that's how I spent my summer vacation. Out of odor. <laughs> Jimi Hendrix meets his destiny. Bobby was there first. Fair is fair, James. You'll have to use the guitar today. The middle-aged Rick Springfield. I wish that I had Jesse's grill. <laughs> well, let's see. So far, I got rhythm. I got music. Actually, who could ask for anything more? You know, boys, sometimes I stare up at the stars like this and I wonder, I wonder, wonder who, who wrote the book of love. I'll never forget when he was itsy bitsy and got stuck in the water spout. Oh, and gee, mom. <laughs> that wasn't me. What's on TV, dear? Same damn idiot on every channel. Spoiled rotten kids. In my day, we only had black and white fire. Andy's gas and go. Shoot, you're not only got the wrong planet, you got the wrong solar system. I mean, a wrong planet I can understand, but a whole solar system? All the time I thought she was calling for Auntie M. <laughs> for most of you who are familiar with Charlton Heston and the original Planet of the Apes, the ending actually came from a deleted scene from The Wizard of Oz. In the end, Dorothy was home all along. You maniacs! You blew it up! Damn you! Damn you all to hell! 
and a clarification from a previous Opa's Corner. The Wizard of Oz picture with Dorothy and the dachshund named Otto was a photoshopped image and part of a 40-year-old plus urban legend. Remember, this was part of the funnies. And on another note, it's been confirmed. George Jetson was born on July 31st, 2022. His boy Elroy will be born on April 19th, 2053. Daughter Judy will be born on October 6th, 2043. Jane, his wife, will be born on September 23rd, 2024. And that concludes Opa's Corner. My hut, der hat drei Ecken, drei Ecken hat mein Hut. Und hat er nicht drei Ecken, dann ist es nicht mein Hut. Opa, that was great. <laughs> I just keep getting better and better. Uh, yeah, this is one of my favorite weeks. For for all you uh, Opa fanatics, most of the the when I ask people what their favorite segment is, they say Opa's Corner. I'm creating a YouTube channel just for Opa's Corner that'll be connected to Skiba News Nation. So stay tuned for that. Thank you, Opa. Thank you. All right, now let's uh, dive into some history. I got a good one for you. Okay, today I want to do something kind of different. I want to make this history kind of like a like a mock trial, like um, where I'll be presenting evidence and you guys be the jury. So, Jimi Hendrix was one of the greatest guitar players to ever live, if not the greatest. Uh, September 18th, 1970, he died at the age of 27. Many people associate his death with drugs and overdose and alcohol. As I was taught in school, I can prove to you that he was murdered by one man. What do you think about that, Jake? That's interesting. I, I know with a lot of these stars, I mean, we recently covered Kurt Cobain. Was Jimi Hendrix also in the 27 Club? He was. Oh, man. There's something to it then. I don't All know. Right. What, what do you got? <laughs> well, let's roll this first clip. Here's Exhibit A. Jimi Hendrix had pushed himself too far was reflected by his poor health, but also in his complex financial situation and his numerous clashing social entanglements. All of these would come to a head in 1970, piling enormous strain on a musician at a moment of great physical and emotional weakness. Yeah, well, sometimes it gets to be really easy to sing the blues. According to ABC, Hendrix himself was well aware of the precariousness of his situation, telling a reporter in an interview at the time, I'm not sure I will live to be 28 years old. According to The Independent, Hendrix told friends and journalists that he felt directionless and unable to trust any of the people around him and the person he shared the last of his life with a Monica Daneman. Monica Denneman was a German figure skater who became close to Jimi Hendrix, her musical idol, after meeting him following his 1969 concert in Dusseldorf. Denneman's account of her relationship with Hendrix is unreliable. Denneman claimed that she and Hendrix were engaged, 
deeply in love and have been in a committed relationship for 18 months at the time of his death. Many in Hendrix's social circle have contested this, claiming that their relationship was far more casual. Whatever the exact nature of their relationship might have been, Hendrix did turn to Daneman that fateful night. Details are sketchy, but the official story goes that Daneman had come to London to reconnect with the legendary guitarist. Hendrix had been previously taking amphetamines, and finding he was unable to sleep at Daneman's hotel suite, took nine of her Vesperac sleeping pills, 18 times the recommended dose. As the circumstances of Hendrix's tragic death flooded the newspapers in the days and weeks following, Deniman, as the last person to see the rock star alive, was given a huge amount of visibility and notoriety, Deniman being the last face Hendrix saw before he died. With some, that fact bestowed on Deniman instant quasi-religious status. To others, she was forever the focus for suspicion surrounding the circumstances of Hendrix's death. Daneman's testimony concerning what exactly happened the night of Hendrix's death was wildly inconsistent. In some stories, Deniman claims to have left the hotel room early in the morning to buy cigarettes, and her account of what she found on her return changes. In ABC's recounting of Hendrix's death, the network had this to say about Deniman's ever-changing story. Having found Hendrix unresponsive, either dead or near death, Deniman claimed she rang an ambulance sometime between 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Later, she insisted Hendrix was alive as he was loaded into the ambulance. Daneman may have purposely delayed calling for an ambulance to give her time to clear the hotel room of narcotics and cover up evidence of drug taking. According to The Independent, Hendrix's friend Eric Burden has claimed this was the case and that he helped to clean the apartment, but his story has also changed in the intervening years, making his recollection suspect, as well as that of other members of Hendrix's inner circle in the know, such as Eric Burden. One of the most notorious theories was that Hendrix was in fact murdered by his manager Michael Jeffrey, from whom Hendrix was attempting to extricate himself at the time of his death. The story made headlines in 2009 thanks to a book written by former roadie James Tappy Wright, which claims that Jeffrey had confessed to the murder in private prior to his own death in a plane crash in 1973 per The Guardian. The Guardian also reported that Jeffrey told Wright, we went round to his hotel room, got a handful of pills and stuffed them into his mouth, then poured a few bottles of red wine deep into his windpipe, who had reportedly kidnapped Hendrix the previous year during a drug sale. A 2008 story in Newshounds even suggests that the FBI may have played a role in the rock icon's death. So what do you think about that? I mean, if I was a detective, my two suspects would be Daneman and the guy, Mike Jeffrey, who was his manager. He was a very shady guy. He, uh, he once managed the animals, as, as that video showed. And he also stated many times that Jimi Hendrix was worth more to him dead than alive, as most musicians are. Managers take advantage of artists all the time. Like we were talking about, me and you on the phone, we're talking about Elvis. You saw the Elvis movie. Yeah. Did you oh, like yeah. it? Yes, I did. Yeah, it was uh, well done. I didn't expect it to be as narrative as it was and it helped me really understand Elvis more I think and and I think what we're talking about here with Jimmy I saw an interesting parallel with the the Elvis movie and the story of Elvis and how uh, his manager seemed to kind of push him into the hole that caused him in, to increase his drug addiction and and he eventually died because of the bad situation he was in and then of course you know throughout music history i know managers 
always seem to often be the ones that source the drugs, they source the women, they source the this and that. And it's, in a way, it's a way to control their superstar. Yep. And so that lends all the more kind of an interesting take on this Jimmy story. Um, who's truly to blame? Because when you watch what happened with Elvis, for example, who uh, Jimmy was was called an up-and-coming Elvis type figure, right? Well, we see that there there's an interesting correlation between their manager and the drugs that they use to then kill themselves. So, um, yeah. what what are what are you going to get into here, Jeremiah? This is really well, interesting. Talk about like Elvis a little bit. If you haven't seen, it, it's a great movie. I consider myself an Elvis historian. Probably know more about Elvis and his friends and everything than most people. And uh, I just want to say that movie was so great and they were so historically accurate. They just got a couple things wrong, which was like the Tom Hanks accent. Colonel Tom Parker, which was his manager, didn't really have an accent like that. But other than that, it was it was a great movie showing how shady some of these managers really are, just like this guy that we're talking about today, Michael Jeffrey. And so, like I said, he was worth more to him dead than alive. So let me show you exhibit B and why I think Mike Jeffrey murdered Jimi Hendrix. Huge amounts of money in the music business had forged an unlikely partnership between the CIA and the Mafia. Of course, the Mafia had their hooks into the music business going back to the jukebox wars. And then in World War II, the OSS started up a program called Operation Underworld, which entailed the actual recruitment of key Mafia figures uh, to operate in Italy and the United States. And after World War II, they continued this, this uh, brotherhood between the CIA and, and, the, and the Mafia that continues to the present day. Now, under Operation Chaos, I mentioned that all intelligence agencies have been brought into the Umbrella Program. Well, the Mafia was brought into it, too, because they were central to the music business itself, and they could be used to control and ultimately, in some cases, murder musicians who are outspoken in their opposition to the U.S. government. Some of the things that you looked at, some of the landmarks, have a lot of similarity to other assassinations that someone like me has studied. In the Hendricks case, first of all, you have the use of an inside operator, uh, somebody very close, and somebody who the target trusts, all right, but doesn't understand that the, the guy already has a dual allegiance. Uh, in this case, it appears to be Michael Jeffrey, uh, his manager, who had been uh, unearthed later, uh, had both uh, intelligence ties and, and, and mob connections. Mike Jeffrey is an interesting take. He begins working for the government in the National Service. He works into the military. He joins military intelligence, and at that point, his career enters an obscure phase. So there's little, little known about his activities uh, with MI6, except to say that he was stationed in Egypt and he spoke Russian fluently. He boasted about his involvement with Mafia figures, but no one took him seriously. After his death, there were documents and news articles uh, that he had in his possession that indicated that possibly he was telling the truth. And there are indications over the years that, that yes, he did have mob ties. Jeffrey went out of his way to make life difficult for Henry. He would book him in Toronto one night, and then he'd have him booked in Miami. And then the next night, he'd do one night in California. And he kept him exhausted. He kept him dependent. And uh, he kept him under control. Jeffrey was a very devious human being. 
He set up a, a dummy corporation he called Yameta, and much of the stolen money went into this corporation, and then it was divided between two banks, the Chemical Bank of Nassau and uh, the Nova Scotia Bank. Jeffrey was stealing money from him, sabotaging his career, planning people around him to spy on him and to subvert his own activities, his own life. And Hendricks, yeah, he had a growing awareness that this was happening to him and he knew who to blame. And then when he discovered that the money was missing, he filed a suit against Michael Jeffrey. And Hendricks's death occurs just before uh, Michael Jeffrey's appearance in the courtroom to answer to Jimi Hendrix on the lawsuit. Not only was Michael Jeffrey stealing Jimi Hendrix's money, his contract as manager was ending, and he also felt that Hendrix's new music wouldn't sell. And he had a $2 million insurance policy on Hendrix's life. Clearly, it suited the US government, the mafia, and in particular, Michael Jeffrey, for Jimmy to be neutralized. But just how did Jimi Hendrix die? All right, now it's been said for, the, for 30 years that Jimi Hendrix choked on his own vomit. It was said that he died of a heroin over, overdose. Of course, none of that's true. He didn't choke to death on his own vomit. Something had to make him sick. But when he was wheeled into the emergency room, his throat was cleared, and the physician wrote that great masses of red wine came gushing out of his stomach and his lungs. So as I reenact the death of Jimi Hendrix, he must have been held down, a gallon of wine poured down his throat until he drowned. There were only 20 milligrams of alcohol in his blood when he was brought to the emergency room which means there wasn't even enough time for that alcohol to enter his system. So the cause of death was drowning, and it looks to me like it was a forced drowning. Now, Eric Burden uh, of the Animals has claimed that Jimi Hendrix committed suicide. If that was the intent, it's very likely that he would have taken all the barbiturates in his possession. So it's clear that suicide was not the object. If suicide had been the intent, uh, and if he had died accidentally, it's doubtful that he would have been fully dressed. He was found fully clothed. When the ambulance drivers arrived, they said that no one else was there. Monica Danneman claimed to be there, and of, co of course her testimony has holes in it the size of Brooklyn Bridge. Because he was fully clothed, we know that it wasn't an accident. We know that uh, he didn't just die in his sleep. He was, he was in his London hotel room, and he must have been restrained. It's very doubtful that he sat down to drink the red wine and filled up his stomach and his lungs. I've never heard of such a thing. The only other possibility is that his head was held in a sink full of wine until he drowned, or he was held down and it was poured down his throat. And I think this is the most likely scenario because it's doubtful that his, his stomach would be so full of wine. I think he was held down, it was forced down his throat, filled his lungs, and uh, he was dead uh, within minutes. And we're supposed to believe that Jimi Hendrix died of an overdose or choked on his own vomit to death. I mean, there's no way. No way. My opinion is that Michael Jeffrey placed these people in his life, like Danneman, the woman that Jimi Hendrix was with the night that he died. They had planned a stage kidnap mobbing and they like locked him in a room. And this was like a year before that. So like any other murder case, you might ask yourself, what would be the motive? I mean, Jeffrey was losing his cash cow and he was thinking if I can't have you, no one can, which is most mentalities when it comes to homicide. It was like a bad breakup, kind of. So what are your thoughts about that, Jake? Have I convinced you yet? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's definitely something fishy, and, and that guy really explained it well. Why was there only a little bit of alcohol in his system and his lungs were full of red wine? You know, 
it, it, one of the bands that I, I grew up listening to was A7X, and uh, their drummer uh, was also part of the 27 Club, and his name was the Rev Sullivan, and he he was one of the reasons the band was so successful. He was the lyric writer, he was the drummer, and um, and you know it makes me wonder what it is it with the age of 27 that these people are snuffed out, and whether it's actual suicide or if it's murder. And it makes me think that perhaps the age of 27 is right before these individuals are able to propel themselves to the next ether of success and notoriety and fame and and their ability to publicly speak out against topics or influence the community that they're playing music to. Uh, Could that be why these people are shut off or, or why they're snuffed out? Because... Um, you know, if it is murder, then if Jimmy had been allowed to continue on um, with his success, then yeah, he would have picked a new manager. The world by storm. Yep. Now for my closing argument, I believe Jeffrey used the same made-up mob that tied him up and forced pills and alcohol down his throat until he drowned. His death is more consistent with the drowning than anything else. It was staged, and Jimi Hendrix was written off as another druggy rock star who overdosed. Comment below if you agree with me, or if you don't. I mean, I'd love to hear your opinions and hear what you have to say. That's all I gotta say about the Jimi Hendrix case. I know he was murdered. I don't know what you believe, but like I said, let me know in the comment section below. But now to lighten the mood a little bit, I got a third clip for you, and it's George Carlin on Dogs versus Cats. Can you remember the first time you found out that by scratching a dog here, you could make this leg go like that? And that you could make it stop when you stop. I'm in complete control of this dog. Or that you can make their head tilt from across the room just by making a funny noise. You go... And he goes... Isn't he cute? Let's get his head fixed so he stays like that. Well, you can get their heads done. Cost your bundle. And they don't like it. Makes them move to the same side all the time. Cute little goddamn doggy. Do you ever eat candy right in front of your dog? I don't mean a Milky Way. I mean one at a time candy like M&M's. And you watch where he's looking. He's following your fingertips. Boy, this drops one jujube. I'm going for his femoral artery. Did you ever spell in front of your dog? Some of them are smart. You've got a spell. Honey, do we have any more? B O N E S? People, they know the sound of B O N E S. Little dog will get around and do fine. He'll jump all he wants. I don't know how they jump so high. They got little teeny legs like this. They got legs. If you feel a little dog's leg, it feels like a beef jerky in there. Man. <laughs> they can jump up on the bed all they want to. I'll do that again. Oh man, one more time. I make him keep doing it until he can't reach anymore. Then if I want him up there, I'll put him up there. Sooner or later, what's going to happen with the little dog? Sooner or later, lying on the bed, he's going to create an incident. 
He's gonna make one of you humans turn to the other and say, Honey, did you fart? Not me. I thought you farted. Not me. That's not even one of my farts. I've got four farts, and that's not one of mine. I've got my Heineken's fart. I got my broccoli fart. My rice pudding fart. And my non-dairy creamer fart. And that's not one of my farts. I know. The dog farted. Timmy, why did you fart? Look at him. He knows he farted. I thought he was doing them deep breathing exercises. So dogs have nothing to do. There's no job description for a dog. They're forced to wait for something to happen that they can get in on. If you do something, they'll be glad to join you. But they rarely initiate any activity on their own. They're just waiting, waiting, waiting and waiting and waiting. Waiting to come in, waiting to go out, waiting to eat, waiting to crap, waiting to wake up, waiting to sleep, waiting to go upstairs, waiting to go downstairs. Sometimes they're just waiting to wait. You ever seen a dog just standing there? <laughs> he don't know what he's waiting for. But if it happens, he'll be ready. <laughs> just a waiting and a waiting. Waiting for you to come home. They don't understand time. Dog doesn't know the difference between an hour and a half or next week. He thinks you're going to be gone forever. That's the only time period dogs really understand. Forever. That's how long they think everything lasts. That's how long they think everything takes. Forever and ever. Do you ever scratch your dog behind the ears? Oh boy, they love that, huh? Oh boy, you're scratching your doggy behind the ears and he really loves that. And you're looking at him and everything. And when you finally stop, he looks at you like you're a criminal. <laughs> he thought it was going to go on and on and on. Dog don't know. They must think we're going to be gone forever. Otherwise, why would they act the way they do when we finally get home? Oh boy, 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 oh boy. I thought you never going to come home. I thought you were never going to come home. I thought you were never going to come home. I thought you were never going to come home. I didn't know what to do. You know what? I didn't know how to operate the can opener. How do you operate the can opener? I didn't know what to do, man. What do you push it down? I couldn't think of it. You know what? You know what I did? I took a can of dog food and I rolled it down the hill and hope a truck ran over. That's all I can think of, man. They'll do that if you even just forgot your hat. You come back in eight seconds. Oh boy, oh boy, I thought you were never going to come home. I was going to eat your bird. You stop, I was just here! Cats are all different. They do everything different than a doggy. Cats are cute. Isn't he cute? Look at him. God, he's cute. He's a kitty cat. That's how cute they are. They needed two names. Kitty wasn't cute enough. Kitty cat. Isn't he cute? The kitty cat. Look at him. Isn't he cute? Let's drown him! Look, stick him on the wall. See if he hangs up there. Whoa! There's a kitty cat. There's Cute. When they're teeny, I hope he stays that size forever. He's darling. Isn't he wonderful? Cute kitty cat. They can jump any way they want. When they're teeny, they can jump straight up in the air without a run. They just go. They can even jump backwards to the side. How do they do that? They can do anything. Jump and be cute as can be. Damn kitty cat. Isn't he cute? God, I love him. They're so cute. They're even cute when they kill. Isn't he look? He's playing with the mouse. Mouse doesn't feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
that cute. Oh, he's so precious. Just tearing the throat right out of that bird. Cute as can be. They kill. See, they like to kill someone. That's what they want to do. That's why they act so nice. They want to go, yeah. Even when they're teeny, when they're just born. You take a baby baby that is a human. You take a baby dog and a baby cat and you attack all three of them, which I try never to do if I can help it. But you'll get three different results. You attack a baby, he cries. You attack a puppy, he cowers. You attack a kitty cat, he fights. Yeah. One day old, they're looking for some They even got their eyes open. They'll get Nasty little cute thing. Cute little nasty guy. Oh, they're wonderful. God love them. They're so physical. That's what's fun. They're so physical. They love to rub on you. They love to rub on you. If you've got a leg and a cat, you got a party. Oh boy, oh boy. Oh boy, oh boy. I love his leg, oh boy. I'm rubbing on his leg. Oh boy, oh boy. If you've got two legs, Jubilee's celebration time. Oh boy, two legs. And do the figure eight. They love to do the figure eight. Oh boy, oh boy. Oh boy, I love to rub on his leg. They'll rub against your leg even if you're not there yet. You might still be 50 feet down the hall. They see you coming. Oh boy, oh boy. Oh boy. Soon I'll be rubbing on his leg. Soon. They'll even walk sideways so they don't miss you. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. They love it. They're so physical. You don't have to pet a cat. You just put your hand over him. He'll do all the work, man. <laughs> You pet him. You ever pet a cat who's lying absolutely flat, and before you're halfway finished, his ass is way up in the air. Like you press ass button or something. Isn't he a cute little holy? How did he do that? Then they jump on your chest and put ass right in your face. His ass, Dad. Check this ass, huh? And while they're showing you the they give you some of this stuff. I say, get him off of me! I hate that. I don't even know what it is, and I don't like it. Look like they're into some bad drug. There's one other quality cats have, which uh, I admire. Cats don't accept blame. They don't embarrass at all. The cat does something dumb, you never know it by looking at him. Dog knocks over a lamp, you can tell who did it just by looking at the dog. Not the cat. Cat doesn't accept any blame. Cat moves along to the next activity. What's that? Not me. I'm a cat. Something break? Ask the dog. Cat doesn't get embarrassed. You've seen a cat race across a carpet and crash into a glass door? I meant that. I meant that. I meant that. That's exactly how I wanted that to look. I hope the dog people like Jake and the cat people like me could both enjoy that George Carlin clip. I, I love George Carlin. You guys know that. And I know that you guys love him too. So I, I'm trying to keep George Carlin in there. But uh, I'm curious. Let me know in the comments if you have a dog or a cat and which one's better. I know it might start a war, but we'll see where it goes. Time for some memes. Meme me up. Meme me up. All right. So we got some funny memes for you guys this week. Uh, some, uh, some interesting ones. Here's one. There are two types of people in the world. It's already 10 p.m. And it's only 
10 p.m. Now, I know I'm one of those. And they marry each other. Uh, and I can definitely attest to this, that this is true. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know why God puts two people together that have such different timetables of sleeping and waking, but uh, personally, I believe it's to uh, make sure there's always somebody up to keep a watch in the night. You know, that's my excuse. <laughs> Anyways, uh, for my kids, um, I thought this was hilarious. I taught my kids about democracy tonight by having them vote on which movie to watch and pizza to order. And then I picked the movie and pizza because I'm the one with the money. <laughs> so, um, you know, he who has the almighty dollar bill is he who makes things happen here in the West. I am so disciplined in my spiritual walk, no sin can get to me. Pride. <laughs> Just a flesh wound, you know. Uh, it's good to stay mindful. Um, <laughs> watching your paper straw dissolve as millionaires take a day trip on their private jet. Now, this is hilarious considering how many elite superstars and people that fly in private jets are heavily pushing the Green New Deal and the Paris Climate Accords and all these things that are, are you know, coming down on us as carbon producers, you know, and... And they're the ones flying around in jets, but it makes sense because they're being paid by, you know, the proponents of these things to then promote it uh, as advertising, you know, gusto or whatever. Um, but so hypocritical. Adam and Eve, first ones to ignore Apple's terms and conditions. To ignore Apple terms and conditions. <laughs> um yep okay here's my favorite of the week i'm really excited to share this one with you guys how do you explain this four-year gap in your resume that's when i went to yale ah oh, that's impressive you're hired thanks i really need this job wait for it <laughs> uh that's when i went to yale yob Yale, jail. Okay, and so in the spirit of pronouncing things with a yeah, uh, C-19 was an entire yab. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, last one for the week. How big should the gap between the car's front seat and center console be, boss? Big enough for your phone to fall through designer and also big enough for your hand to retrieve it boss <laughs> oh goodness no yeah this one a pet peeve of mine i'm always dropping my phone down it slides out of my pocket right in between the car seat and the console and i can never reach it all right well that's all for the memes this week All right, everybody. Well, that concludes episode 12. I hope you enjoyed the current news, Opa's Corner, and history. I'll see you next week in episode 13. Stay tuned for more, and we'll see you next week.
Hey, Skiba News Nation family, thank you for watching. Please like, share, and subscribe. You can also help support this channel by getting yourself some Skiba News Nation merch. Also, we are proud to announce that we are now on Patreon, where you will get bonus content, shoutouts, and much more. Thank you again for watching and helping us stay on the quest for truth. Huge shout out to all our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for your support. We couldn't do this show without you. If you want to help support us, go to patreon.com forward slash Nation. We are also proud to announce that Skiba News Nation podcast is now available on podcast platforms. My new book, Never Got to Say Goodbye, is now available. My book contains an up-close-and-personal account of who my father, Rob Skiba, truly was as a father and as a man. It includes over a hundred never-before-seen photos of my dad and our family. A portion of the proceeds are going towards funding our search for justice for my dad, Rob Skiba. Visit SkibaNewsNation.com forward slash book. Again, SkibaNewsNation.com forward slash book. To learn more about the book, our website will show you where and how you can purchase my book. Also, you can sign up to be notified when my mom's book is ready. Her book will be a first-hand account of the 40 days of terror that my dad and our family experienced at the hands of the medical system that completely denied him of his human rights and how they denied my mom's right to be my dad's medical power of attorney. Thank you so much for your support and for helping us stay on the quest for truth and carrying on my dad's legacy.